Hey guys, and welcome back to another sweet, sweet episode of Artistic State of Mind. Yo, yo. I am Juliana, aka Julie Mango. And I'm Stephen, aka um, The Ladies Gentleman, aka Smiling Mastermind, aka The Art Appreciator. And yeah. Give it to them. We are back with another episode. Back and we're better. We're always better every week, don't you think? We get better every week. But yeah, it's good to be back. Um, Mm -hmm. Welcome to episode... Eight. Of season three. Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, I don't think we ever celebrated like our first year. Didn't we? Being like like having the podcast and stuff. Well, we're coming up to two years this year mm-hmm. anyway. So yeah. we're no newbies in this game. I've been doing it for a while. We have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're glad to be kind of, you know, talking all the art stuff with you guys um, mm-hmm. because it's what we love doing. Yeah. yeah. That's why we're here. Arts, music, you know, you name it. We talk about it. We just have an honest sibling chit chat. There is. You get me? Perfect. So yeah, first thing is first. Actually, you should. I think you need to. You need to talk about this one. Okay, um, there's something we need to address. <laughs> uh, it's been quite the controversy, and it's been a huge uproar. <laughs> I'm joking. It hasn't <laughs> been any at all. Only probably had maybe a few people um, in our Twitter mentions. Yeah, at us and yeah. But yeah, we. Um, <laughs> I'd like. I'd like to apologize on behalf of. Juliana because she doesn't want to do it she's been very um shy about it but yeah we'd like to apologize um in our last episode we we with uh, our whole chest we yeah we said with so much confidence and ooze and bravado we decided to rename a person <laughs> that okay so we, we we basically said Donald Sterling instead of Sterling K Brown who won the um the Golden Globe for uh, I think best male actor Best male actor in a drama series, a I drama think. Drama series, yeah. So um, I'd like to apologise. And um, yeah, we do like to think ourselves as like, you know. Fact checkers. Well, to be honest with you, Stephen's mostly the fact checkers, a fact checker. Uh-huh. I tend to just waffle and waffle. And then he kind of interjects and tells me, no, that's actually, no, that's incorrect. Actually, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. But I guess we were both wrong on this case. We, we were. <laughs> we were. Which makes us human. <laughs> because, you know, yeah, no one, no I one. I guess, but we yeah. didn't want to be talking like we didn't know what we're talking about. Yeah. And it's just the fact that we said it with our whole chest, you know, but it is Sterling K. Brown. Mm-hmm. And he's also going to win a SAG, which yeah. happened across the weekend and mm-hmm. an NAACP Image Award. I'm not sure if he got that as well. Right, so right. he's just on a winning streak. Like, so good on him. He's a phenomenal actor. If you guys have watched... Um, this is us mm-hmm. then you know of his work and he's been in various things as well but in this is us he's flipping dope yeah he's pretty awesome amazing so, yeah. amazing so how's your week been Stephen? oh man um okay so i went to i went to a gig last week i love the way you went i believe well okay um like you're going to go into a prologue of how nah you're... nah nah i went to i went to a gig last week i went to go and see mac Ayres, Ayres, Mac Ayres, A-Y-R-E-S. And we're just going to see him in um, Shoreditch. Is it? No, is it Hoxton Kitchen Bar and Grill? Um, it's one of those spots that, you know. Oh, fancy. Uh, yeah, you could say so. No, no, actually isn't. It's just a, it's just a nice Very spot. Very urban-esque. Yeah, 
And um, what's going to see him there? Was, the show was hosted by um, BBC Radio One's Jams Supernova, who's kind of known in the UK for like discovering, not discovering, but like highlighting or showcasing, you know, the best, you know, artists in the world mm. that are cut up and coming. As it is. So Mike, I went to go and see him. I've known about him for about, uh, I'd say roughly around a year now. And I went to go and see him and it was amazing. He sang songs like Easy, Lonely, Calvin's Joint. And, you know, it was really, really amazing to see him live. He was with a saxophone player and a drum player. And he was on keys, which was amazing. It was really... You'd have a guy on keys, don't you? I do, I do. I love, wow. I love, I love my keys. So, um, yeah, it was good to see that. And, yeah, the vibe was good. But, yeah, it's just, you know... You know, con- not concerts are like... I mean, you know, when you go to a show, for example, and you f- you're kind of one of the first people there. You try and get a good... Good, good standing good, spot good or standing sitting spot, spot if yeah. you need one. And then, you know, there's people that just try and push in in front of you. Do you know what happens? That what is quite interesting that you you end up being in the spot mm-hmm. and then halfway through the but, show, yeah. you're on the other side you're of on, the where your spot was and you're just like, how did I get here? How did you get there? Yeah, so I did I did have someone um, try and get in front of me. I had to tell him to, yo, bro, I was here. You need to, Man's you need to been here. You need to shuffle to the side a bit. He's like, oh, sorry, man, sorry, man. But yeah, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. But, you know, that's just one of my concert pet peeves. I, I usually go to quite a few concerts, but it's one of those things. But if you do want to enjoy music, I would say no matter what, wherever wherever you are in the, the concert hall, the room, whatever, as long as you listen to music, that's what all that counts. True. But yeah, it was but a good But you always want to show. kind of be in the front. Definitely. Because you're really getting the vibe, the energy that that performer is giving to you. Mm-hmm. So how has yeah. your week been? Well, it's been a bit of... Well, it's been an okay, okay, okay. It's been an okay week. It's been an okay week. Um, I just recovered from a interesting cold that I feel like I don't know how I got, but I got... Um, And I just started a new job So imagine starting a new job Not being there a week And then having to take a day off Because you had to recover Mm -hmm. um, From this horrible cold Um, But apart from that I'm all well and good Um, Back to a week of Week of theatre So Mm -hmm. I'm very excited I went to go see um, My first show of 2018 yesterday One of many What is it called? So many reasons Which Mm -hmm. was at the Camden Camden People's Theatre um, so I'm going to be talking about that later on in our sound wave so I'm very very excited um, so we've got a couple of shows that we're seeing this week as well so yeah. it's kind of busy 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 for us but we are excited to be back watching theatre stuff and 100%, everything 100% but apart from that I'm good awesome awesome so let's move on to what's the downbeat what's the downbeat that should be a I sound like, clip yeah, yeah there should be a sound clip Maybe we should get the sound engineer to do something for us. <laughs> Work his magic. Yeah, exactly. So, what's been um, happening? Yeah, what's been going on? Um, do, you know, do you want to roll it off first? Or should yeah, let's, let's, let, let me roll it off because I've, right, there's been a you're show. taking control. Yes, <laughs> Steven. Stop, stop. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a TV show, a new TV show I've been watching. Um, it's about uh, a guy called um, Jefferson Pierce. Um, and he's kind of had this secret identity. Do you think um, people are going to know this already? Most likely, <laughs> I hope they do because it's it's quite an interesting Stephen's show. Giving you a bit of a just a, a bit of a backstory, a backstory. Yeah, so um, he kind of had his secret identity identity for a few years, but you know, with a daughter that's kind of determined, you know, on fighting justice in ways she can. For example, it being uh, maybe a, a march or some sort, a protest march or something like that, and also her. His other daughter as well, who's a, uh, a accredited student as well at his school, 
which is a principle for um some stuff happens in the first episode it gets it gets really dark very very quickly and then jefferson pierce has to don the cape again you can say or don the suit um and come back as one of the dc legends which is black lightning so yeah it's a great show i've seen one only one episode i think another episode came out today I think it's on a particular American channel. So CW, yeah. Oh, CW. CW. So yeah. they, uh, I guess they're on the time frame as, as, as if they are kind of CW. So yeah. when CW releases the episode, mm-hmm. they release the episode maybe a couple of days after. Yeah, yeah. So Netflix. it's also it's also streaming as well on um, Netflix. Need to go with a sponsor. Um, yeah, so it's gonna be on Netflix every week. I think the first episode's on there already. I think next episode's gonna be on there next week so um yeah keep a lookout for that it's a great show it's got it's got some huge potential so yeah that's cool on the tv side i've been checking out luke cage similarities no yeah it's it's very heavy on you know the whole um the whole race whole race thing and being you know it being a predominantly black show full of you know black cast um and yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to see. That's an interesting conversation we could potentially have at a later episode. Mm. Um, a lot of these kind of shows um, to do with like comics and superheroes are mm-hmm. very race driven and politically race driven. Mm-hmm. So it'd be quite interesting to see kind of why is that? Can mm. discuss that and get somebody on here to talk with us about it as well. That'd yeah. be quite super dope. Yeah. Super, yeah. super dope. Oh, what else moving been on. Then? Um, wise. Um, so um, uh, for those who know or don't know or who are in the industry or not in the industry, um, it's been announced that Alistair Kuma of um head of casting at the Donmar Warehouse will now be the head of casting at the National Theatre, taking uh-huh. over from Wendy Spawn. Um, so those who know Wendy Spawn has been at the National Theatre for a long time and um, okay. i had the lovely pleasure of working with her and sitting down with her to try and get her knowledge on casting mm-hmm. and when i heard that she was leaving i was quite sad about it i was like oh she's such a lovely lovely woman very lovely woman um she's gone going on to casting freelance white freelance um so um alistair will be taking over i'm not ex- exactly sure when that will be but if many know um, Alistair, Alistair obviously cast for the Donmar Warehouse. Donmar Warehouse put on some phenomenal shows um, like One Night in Miami, mm-hmm. which one of my faves, um, Henry the Henry the Fourth. So, so many kind of various kind of shows that I've seen in there. City right, of Angels, okay. the list is endless. Um, so... Yeah, so he's he's coming over to the National Theatre. He, I say he's coming over to the National Theatre like I still work there. I do not work at the National Theatre, but yeah, he's going over there. So that's some great, great news. I was actually quite shocked. I was like, oh, how interesting, mm. you know? And it's, it's it, it comes as it comes at a really kind of like interesting time because Josie Rourke, who is the artistic director at the Donmar has also leaving right. and the executive director is also leaving. Wow. So it's kind of like quite, you know, three predominant names are obviously yeah. leaving there. So it's quite interesting that it's come at a time like this. I don't know whether they're doing a reshuffle or, you know, the fact that um, Josie's leaving and everybody else is leaving as well. So I don't know. But hmm. yeah, it, it, it's definitely a great announcement. So I would love to see the kind of... Um, 
casting that Alistair will be doing at the um, National Theatre. Yeah. So, yeah. Apart from that, what else has been happening? Oh, man. Um, I think the Oscar nominations were announced. Boom! <laughs> In our system. Oh, wow. Okay. Give it to them. Sorry. <laughs> just... Someone was excited about that. Bruh. But yeah, it got announced on Tuesday and... Which was yesterday. Which was and yesterday. And we're recording that um, Wednesday. Yeah, so, you know, there's some great, great nominations, you could say. Or... Yeah, do you know what? Yeah. Oscars, I ain't mad at you. I'm not going to lie. A couple of years before, it's been questionable. Mm -hmm. But I think you're trying to redeem yourself. And I don't know that's because that you've changed the way um, you've included, what is it? Uh, The people that vote. What's the people that vote? I forgot. The voting and how the selections have been made. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have changed the system. Maybe the fact that you've changed your system a little bit. And you've included more people of colour to be involved in the process. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. But you did all right. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. You did okay. You really did. Now, first thing is first year. With my whole chest, and Stephen might agree with me, but can we just, for a moment, just... Clap for Daniel Kalula. Kalua. Kalua, please. Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, I feel like he's like one of us. He, he is, well, he, but he is one of us. Like, I just feel like he's just us, isn't it? He's just <laughs> us. He's not one of those, like, don't get me wrong, you've got. Like, even John Boyega. If John Boyega was in a nomination, I feel like he's one of us. Like, he's just, like, you know, mm-hmm. cool. He's from ends. Like, he, if you were to see him on road, I'm sure he would say hello to you. He's not yeah. one of those ones that's, like, prestige. Don't say hello to me because yeah. I'm in acting in this and this and this. Yeah. That's what I mean with Daniel. Daniel just seems like he's just one of us. And to see one of us, mm-hmm. like, legit, forget about the fact that, you know, you get black American actors mm-hmm. being nominated. He's a black British male actor mm-hmm. do you get what i'm saying one of us right. well not one of me because i'm a female but yeah. you know i'm a woman but the fact that i saw his name mm-hmm. i was like nah for some reason do you know what yeah i'm not gonna lie because when i was growing up i wanted to be an actress and i was like i want to be the first black British female to win an oscar mm-hmm. but i feel like he's done that for me not won it but yeah. the fact that he's been nominated he's done that for me yeah like i feel like you know what, yeah, my dream potentially, maybe I had someone else's vision. You know what mm. I mean? <laughs> but, nah. When I saw that, I was like... <sighs> so you're happy. You're very happy. I was very happy because the guy is a phenomenal actor. Mm. Like, on all di- all different levels. If you've seen him in theatre, if you've seen him in television, if now, you've, you've seen, seen him in film, theater? Oh, yeah. You've seen him in theatre. Phenomenal. Your, so your first opinion of him was like, wow, this guy is definitely up there. He's definitely going to be one of the guys up. Oh, absolutely. It. Amazing. Like, Amazing. he blew, he like took my breath away mm. with his level of just eloquence and his performance and just kind of just like, you just think, wow how can this person have so much talent Mm -hmm. and just be so humble at the same time right like the guy is freaking amazing yeah so when i saw his name yeah it's like i don't want to talk about anybody else but we have to (laughs) to. i mean but (laughs) when i saw his name i was just like whoo leading actor Mm. he can now have with his whole chest oscar nominated Mm. You know, yeah, I've been I've been nominated for an Oscar, you know, just 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 like that. 
Wow. Wow. But anyway, sorry. Sorry. I, no. I, I'm in my own little world. It's like, he's, it's like he's my brother. That I'm just like gassed at the fact he's been up for a nomination. But, you know. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Steve is just like, girl, go Ukraine. <laughs> but uh, is there any, like, well, for me, I would, I'm just going through the list now. I'm just seeing there's there's still one that i kind of appreciate so who is on the list so with that category you're talking about with daniel kalua um the nominees are um timothy shala oh god shalamet shalamet um for call me by your name daniel day lewis for phantom phantom fred daniel kalua for get out gary oldman for darkest hour denzel washington for roman j israel Esquire. esquire I guess. Yeah, so, you know, being in the same category as these, you know, talented, amazing... I'm not going to say, you know... Actors, it's going to be... It's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be an interesting one, but at the same time, I'm sure he will be equally happy at the fact that he's he's up in the category with such amazing names. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But... A lot of people have said it's Gary Oldman's time, you know, mm. again. He's like one of the favourites, apparently. Exactly. He won the Globe, uh-huh. I believe. Yeah. Um, so he's one of the favourites. So who we'll knows? we have to see. Who knows we'll if the underdog, underdog might just come uh, through. Exactly. The underdog but might my just eyes, he's, come he's through. But he's not, he's not, an, um, Daniel Kalu is not an underdog he, in my yeah, eyes. But, yeah, he's yeah. been doing this for ages. And, you know, the fact that he's been recognised for his talents now, mm-hmm. it's good. But yeah. at the same time, let's... Let's give recognition where recognition is due, like he did. For Get Out, Get Out was the most talked about film in 2017. 100%. Like, if if the Oscars didn't recognise that, they would have fucked up big time. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But usually, you know, some people, you could say, like, these, these award ceremonies sometimes do just fuck up just for fun. You know, they just, yeah, just want to do it. They, they want to do it, you know, to get some, like... I don't think they wanted to have that again for uh, the second consecutive year. Yeah, yeah. They didn't want to be seen as the fuck up again. So mm. they decided actually maybe we should listen to the people a little bit this year. And maybe <laughs> right. we'll give it the fuck up for next year, 2018 or yeah. 2019, whatever it is. We'll yeah. do it then. But for this year, let's, you know, let's listen to the people. And mm. the people, I guess, well, I can say that I'm really happy about this. Yeah. I'm happy at the fact that, you know, you've got, two black men in that leading category list like oh huh. amazing amazing so yeah let's what other categories are you kind of like um shine a light on a bit i would like to shine a light on director okay that's quite interesting um who are the nominees the nominees are christopher nolan for don kirk yep uh you know my feelings about that one um jordan peele for get out mm-hmm. greta gerwing Yep. Gerwig, sorry, Gerwig, so, for yeah. Lady Bird, which is a woman, finally, a woman <laughs> in a category. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread and Gimiro de Toro, Del Toro for The Shape of Water. Mm. So I'm just glad there's a woman in that list. Yeah. Would have liked another woman in there, but you know. Yeah. You know, it's, I think there's only, you know, usually you can only nominate five. So obviously I'm not, I'm not saying. Like, I think she's the first woman to be nominated in quite a long time. Right. And if she was to win, she will also be the first woman to have won 
the best director category in quite a long time. Amazing. That would be something breaking boundaries right there. Breaking boundaries. So it only took us how many years to do it? <laughs> but that's another conversation for another day. Ooh, you can say that again. So, um, yeah, let's talk about um, best picture because we've got quite a few in the list. So um, there's... Best picture. Yeah. Where so is that? Top of the list. Oh. So there's Call Me By Your Name, uh, Darkest Hour, it's quite Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Fred, The Post, The Shape of Water, um, free, bo- free billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. So you've seen free billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Yes. You had a brief conversation about it. You said it's it's, it's a good film. Um, yes, it really is. Mm-hmm. Really amazingly written okay. and equally amazingly performed. Right. Um, I can see the buzz around it mm-hmm. and it was worth waiting to watch it. Right. I would happily watch it again mm-hmm. and I can see the reason why it's on there for best picture. Okay. I have no argument whatsoever. Wow. Wow. Now I did, I did want to kind of bring up something because, you know, obviously with Oscar, with the Oscar films and stuff like that, you know, it's something that's international, right? Yes. I would think so. Yeah. So the thing I, I get quite upset about is that, you know, all these films, you know, that are nominated, most of them, are not even out in the UK yet. Now understand this. Understand there's obviously there's laws. There's you know there's there's things that you have to there's there's things you have to clear first in films. But I just find it quite annoying that I can't be part of the conversation as much as I as much as Americans can as in regards to the films that have been released already. Funny enough, some of them aren't haven't been released even in America. So these nominations are based on the fact that a lot of these films have done festival runs okay so and that's how kind of like they are picked to be a part of the awards categories if that makes sense right and then do do people get screenings for it as well like not screenings i mean they get like screeners like screeners and prior screenings okay right okay um before you kind before the film kind of comes out so free billboards in missouri um ebbing missouri is out now in the cinema so it came out i think last week friday Um, Call Me By Your Name is not out yet. I think that's probably later on, maybe in February. The Shape of Water isn't out until February as well. Yeah. I've, I've been wanting to watch that film since last year, since I saw the trailer for it, I think, last year. I was like, okay, I want to see this film now. And then saying in the UK, no, it's not out till February. So I'm just like, yeah. really? So. And I was like me, because even though I worked part of the London Film Festival, a lot of the films I could have gone and seen, but I didn't have time to see it. Right. So I was like, oh, I can just see it in the cinema. And then when I realised when they come out, I was like, rah, they don't come out till next year. Mm. So it's a bit of a long wait to kind of see these films. That's why it's important if if you do have the time and if you do have the funds, look out for films like this around festival periods, mm-hmm. because those are where those potential films will be shown. Yeah. And those are where you know where these these are the films that potentially could be part of the kind of like awards buzz and yeah. stuff like that. And Mudbound, however, mm-hmm. even though it's not part of the best picture, yeah. is a Netflix production. Netflix, yeah. So it came out literally a week after it was shown mm-hmm. as part of the London Film Festival. So you didn't have to wait very lo- a, a long time mm-hmm. to kind of see. And there was quite a couple of um, Netflix productions that were part of the festival yeah. that went on to be on Netflix a week later. I see. So... I think that that's kind of what has worked for Netflix. Netflix has waited for it to kind of do its roundabout festivals first. Mm-hmm. 
and then the last festival it's done then it will release it out to people whereas obviously with films that are being co-produced with big studios you there's a lot of people that have to sign off on things I see. before and then they have to do a lot of things before kind of making sure that it then comes out to the public yeah if that makes sense. So how easy is it to get like tickets for like these festivals? Is it that easy? Um, I know, I'm sure there's like... Um, sort of, it, like there's a process. Right. So I know with the film festival, um, London Film Festival, part of the BFI, um, you'd have to... First of all, most of them were... Initially, there's a tier. Mm-hmm. So how it works is that they do it for patrons and delegates. Mm-hmm. So delegates, so a lot of people that work within the film industry that would need to see these films. So again, it's people that might be part of the award process yeah. i don't know mm-hmm. so they might want to see the films first and then uh, they then release a certain amount of tickets to the public okay and right. it's literally first dips right so but at the same time you can also pay to be a delegate or you can mm-hmm. pay to be a bfi member so mm-hmm. a bfi member also get um allocated t- tickets to as well all right okay. so it's literally just about just doing a little bit of research mm-hmm becoming a member as part of the BFI and you get the opportunity to see quite a couple of these films and if if there are enough tickets mm-hmm. you get to be part of the um you can be a pre- at a premiere for one of these big films who awesome. knows awesome it's good so, to know yeah. it's good to know um just before we move on I just wanted to give a just a special shout out to the sound editing nominations so um the nominees are Baby Driver um Blade Runner 2049 Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, and Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to see who seeing who wins that because I think I've seen about four of those five films that were nominated, and yeah, I'm so willing to see who wins that. But Baby Driver is definitely one I hope wins because the sound and the the music and the score in that film I won't say score, but the soundtrack in that film is amazing, and also Blade Runner 2049. So mm. yeah, that's just one. Some, that's one I Are you talking about the original score or sound editing? Sound editing. Okay. Even the original score as well. Is, yeah. It's it's all in the same, really. I think it's kind of the, I think the same nominees are there as well. But um, yeah, yeah, that's one I Another thing before we move on from the Oscars, mm-hmm. I want to shout out Mary J. Blige. Yeah. She has had, a, had an interesting couple of years, mm-hmm. personal-wise. We don't talk about people's personal, personal lives, yeah. but to see her being nominated i love seeing people who are able to uh, what's the word where you can move on to one another kind of like platform Mm -hmm. um she's been able to move on to act well she's done a bit of acting here and there but to be able to move on into acting and then be nominated yeah as supporting actress for mudbound yeah and not only that she's also nominated for original song for Mudbound as well. Yeah. Amazing. So she's up, she's got two nominations, one for her acting skills, one for her singing skills. Yes, girl, get it. <laughs> That's what's up. So shout out to Mary J. Blige. That was like, it was like super dope um, yeah. to see um, her name on there. Just before we, we kind of move on, mm-hmm. who do you think is going to win big? Who's taking up, taking home all the gongs? I, I would, I would hope, I would hope it's, um, Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya for um, lead actor. Um, I haven't seen Mudbound yet, but if, if I do, I'm going to check out on Netflix. If I do enjoy it, ooh, I would like Mary J. Blige um, to probably win that one. Who knows? But um, 
but I would like the for best picture. I want it to be another <laughs> moonlight moment. <laughs> and so, the winner is Free Ebbing Miseries. No, sorry, you got that wrong. It's Get, get out. out. Yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be really funny. That would be do two years in a row. It'd just be like Oscars do better. You know, do better. They need to up their game. But um, yeah, like yeah, I, I would say I would hope Get Out wins. I would like Get Out to win for um original direct. screenplay. Yeah, and director probably as well. His the originality out of the world out of this world yeah it's I never been done before well, never, never been, been done before never but it's never before. yeah it's never been done before yeah yeah or it's never been allowed to be done before and yeah. jordan peele did that he did so i definitely think in regards to get out getting something mm-hmm. yes i want daniel absolutely yeah. but i also want original screenplay mm. because then it's just the whole project that's won that right. do you get what i'm saying so yeah Another news, music wise. Let's move into music wise. So, what else has been going on? Um, so the wireless lineup was announced. Was announced. So yeah, and kind of in time for fest. Well, festival seasons upon us very, very in the summer, you could say. But you know, usually with these um, festival um, tickets get released quite. Tickets early. get released quite early, um, and also tickets sell out very early. Apparently, mm. for the first time in wireless history, there's no more tickets available. Apparently from wireless. Only However, for Friday I think, though. No, all days now. Apparently, uh, officially sold out. Yeah, but I, I think they're going to release more tickets. But I know yeah, for they Sunday, tend to. Yeah, they they tend to do that. But this has never happened this early. So I remember surprised. like last year, not last year, the year before that. Yeah, it's like they I were went. begging people to buy they'll, tickets. Yeah, they were begging people. To, I, got tic- <laughs> I got a ticket. I swear I got a ticket two days before. Like, honestly, <laughs> it felt like that. But um, yeah, this year just seems interesting. Now you've got a few things to say about it. Yeah. Um, not that I look for the negative in things, but you do. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah I, I'd be out here trolling and looking for the worst. Um, nah, but it was quite interesting to see the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I've given up on the whole festival vibe unless it's outside in another country where it's hot. I will go to a festival. Mm-hmm. As for festival life in in London, the UK, I am not here for it no more. After Love Box, me done. Um, so I looked at the, the lineup I was like mm. I was like Oh this is dope for UK The UK scene We've uh-huh. got a couple of UK people on there yeah. Not gonna lie I wouldn't have a clue Half of their people's songs So I won't be there uh-huh. But What shocked me the most Is that There was only two women mm. Across the three days mm. Now I was like That's the first thing I spotted I'm not yeah. gonna lie I said what? What? Mm-hmm. And then to see the woman's name in such tiny writing, like they don't mean nothing. Oh, uh, let's just put Mabel on on the little, 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 little line. <laughs> and then let's put, I don't even know who else it was. Who else was it? The other, well, the other woman. The other uh, woman. I'm I can't so even sure. remember the other woman was, but I was just like, and then there was a picture going around where somebody had marked out all the, the men mm-hmm. and then they just put the two women and you just kind of think, wow. Now I'm hoping... There's more to be announced. There is more to be announced. Yeah, me too. Wireless tend to do that mm-hmm. where, you know, a couple of people haven't signed their contract yet, yeah. so they won't announce the names. Yeah. However, I'd like to think that didn't you think that we should go out to the equal amount of people mm-hmm. and make sure that when we do announce that we have a bit of an equality kind of situation going on where we have 
quite a few women performers, artists mm-hmm. that are going to be on the lineup, not yeah. just two out yeah. of the what seems to be like 20, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's less than that's 10 percent. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah to, be, to be honest, I, I really wanted to like the wireless lineup, but just seeing the lineup because my like my friends were like oh yeah who's going is everyone down like in the whatsapp group i was just like i didn't say anything <laughs> i was just like moving that's like Stephen's side there. of saying no. no yeah so um yeah i was just looking at it i was just like wow this is this is not for me maybe i don't know i'm not even trying to brag anything but maybe my music taste is just different now i do enjoy artists like stormzy and stuff and you know artists that are that were announced on the list, but I just saw like, I saw DJ Khaled and friends. And I was just like, who's he friends? Who's, who's, who's his friends? And I was thinking, okay, I know he's going to, he's probably going to bring out like Migos. Maybe it might be a case of maybe a hype singer, maybe bring out Rihanna, um, just the people at his cabinet. Now Rihanna's out here doing Fenty Beauty, man. She ain't got time she for, ain't got to, time to, for two wireless. To be doing Khaled and friends. <laughs> when she's out here doing <laughs> the only, the only way I would be upset is, if DJ Khaled brought up Michael Jackson, which is never going to happen. <laughs> so I'm not- Cause he did. <laughs> yeah, cause I'm not, I'm, so I'm not like head for this at all in any kind of way. And wireless can- To be honest, and that's another thing I noticed that J. Oh, Cole okay. is on the lineup again. And I'm thinking, what? J. Cole, what, what project what, have you brought yeah, out like he's gonna, recently? He's, he's probably going to, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, yeah, that's that's very interesting because he's, his recent project, he, he released, not recent, but he's most- today project to release but yeah it's full of like songs that are not really your your typical festival vibe yeah it's not like your bangers you yeah know? now don't get me wrong i, I love think, i love yeah. i really really like j cole mm. like he's one of my favorite rappers i've been listening from day dot but i just thought to myself what's he doing there yeah even that that doesn't entice me to go and but he could, he could perform his like Forest Hill Drive songs, but it's just like, yeah, that's that, Forest Hill Drive. That is Forest Hill Drive, like yeah. Ago. But then you know, you've got like, likes yeah. of the Migos that have got like current stuff out. You've got, who else is there? Most Acts. Most Acts. Um, you've Stormzy. got Stormzy. Stormzy's stuff is still quite current. Yeah. Um, it's and Conan part of this. I don't even know. I don't, I, think I, they're, I, I don't think they're on there. I don't think they're on there either. Um, Dave? I don't no think idea. he's I, not on there. I, I, I have no idea. He's... Maybe I haven't got the list in front of me. I haven't got so, the yeah. list in front of me, which is shame on us for not doing our research yeah. and bringing the list with us. Yeah. Um, but just seeing, I guess, just seeing it at first view, it just I was just. I like, do I know like, that huh. that man from Barking is going to be for me. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> there was a video of him on Instagram, <laughs> not Instagram. Um, don't be petty now. Tw- Twitter uh, and <laughs> someone just someone's recording him. Oh, he's he performing. He's performing, and he was even he was singing, but he wasn't singing. It's just like. <laughs> He couldn't sing. So someone's like, this guy's a fraud. This guy's a fraud. And just Bless like, him. To be honest with you, <laughs> I'm going to go on off the back of, this is somebody that has recorded a song, you know, his passion for music. The songs become big. And then you're <laughs> yeah. thrown in the limelight. Yeah. You know, sometimes you, you don't come with the training of knowing how to perform. Do you go and say it? I'm sure with time it will become like a second nature kind of thing, but give the, give the boy time. Yeah, true. What's his true. name? Rams. Rams, yeah. Rams. Rams, something like that. I don't even know why I know that song. It's just, I guess it's just catchy to some extent. But, um, but I yeah. don't know no things from Barking, but still. <laughs> still. Um, but yeah, no. We'll, we'll, we'll see what the, the lineup has to offer, the rest of the lineup, if they're doing any more. Yeah. Any more announcements? I won't be I won't be happy until I see um, either 
Eva. Um, I don't know who who am I. Who am I trying to see? Um, probably. If I see a hologram of Tupac, <laughs> then that's the only reason. Stop it. That's the only reason that that would that would be that would be there. That would be the re- only reason that you would come come and come to wireless Tupac. Well, the hologram of Tupac is possible. You never know. Potentially, potentially. Really? Yeah, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I don't think wireless have enough money for that. That's gonna be some big bucks. Probably, probably. <laughs> but on that note. Um, that's been kind of like what we've kind of been seeing in the headlines. That's, that's the downbeat. That's the downbeat. So moving on, um, I actually posted on Twitter and this is something that I don't know why it's taken me a long time to kind of speak about or, you know, you know, talk in depth about because I have, do have the experience mm. and stuff. Um, and I've had the opportunity of working within talent management. Right. So I just wanted to kind of quickly kind of. For those people out there who don't know how to get into how to get an agent, how casting works a little bit. Obviously, at some point, um, nearer to the future, I would like to get a proper professional to come on the podcast to mm. talk in detail about, you know, the casting process, getting a talent, a, an agent and all that stuff and whether drama school's worth it and everything. But in the meantime, I will use a bit of my knowledge um, and everything because I feel like I the knowledge that I have I would like to pass on to others if that makes sense yeah um so so like I mentioned growing up I always wanted I at some point in my life I wanted to be an actress I wanted to be on the stage be on be on be on your tv screens and stuff like that but I think that that dream kind of died when my passion for writing became more I became more interested in writing and acting. And when I came out of university, I was, I'm going to be honest. I was like, I want to make money. So I wanted a job, you know, you come out of uni, you've got like student debts. So you want to, you want to get yourself going together and stuff like that. Of course. Um, So I decided to kind of just work within the industry. And lucky enough, I was able to work at a talent, a talent management agency called United Agents for, and I was there for three three years um and i got to see the ins and outs of how talent management works the process what an agent does for you how an agent helps you in regards to your journey into becoming a actor or becoming one i guess one of the famous actors to the point where you know you'll be one of those people where you might not have to audition Mm -hmm. where scripts come in for you from producers um, so just a little bit about kind of what talent management is. So like I mentioned, it's literally an agent. So when I first started in the industry, I didn't know what talent management was. I didn't know what an agent was, but an agent basically is your middleman mm-hmm. to getting you acting work. So professional acting work, if that makes sense. Right, right. So they're the middleman. They negotiate your contracts um they also put you up for castings they put you up for um, acting jobs they Mm. try and get you scripts Mm. um so they try and get you into the room with potentially directors producers and casting directors Mm -hmm. so that's their job so they're the one they go out and speak on your behalf yeah um and because they know the names in the industry that's what they're there for and of course with an agent you also pay a commission 
depending on the agency, it could be between, I guess, 10% and 15% mm-hmm. commission. And that's based on every kind of job you do. So every contract you sign, they get a commission from that. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from that, they also can help you. I know there's there's also a bit of a difference between having an agent and a manager. Um, so a lot of, uh, and this is this is quite interesting because I learned this. A lot of American actors have managers, whereas in the UK, in the UK, a lot of a lot of actors here just have agents. Okay. So with managers, some of them have agents. Um, so I'm going to talk quickly about um, how America works. So with America, you can have an agent, you can have a manager, you can have both of them if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of the stuff in America is that the agent passes all the stuff to the manager, then the manager speaks to the actor. Right, so right. it's a lot of that kind so of like back and basically forth. the middleman in that kind of in situation. that kind yeah. of like situation right, that right. setup. Whereas in the UK, a lot of the time it's you directly picking up the phone to your client and speaking to them about this project, or you going out and trying to help your client get work. Right, I see. Um, and that's for kind of smaller actors, medium actors, and a lot of UK actors. With the bigger kind of UK actors, because they do a lot of work across the pond, everywhere, most of them do have managers. Right, I see. So okay. that's where the manager then comes in and stuff. So because some of them are signed also, mm-hmm. so a lot of the big actors, for some some of you that know that don't know, they're signed they can be signed in the UK, right. have a UK agent, but also have an American agent. Okay. So an American agent will then look after some of their projects in America. But at the same time, also the UK agent could look after some of their projects in, in America too. It just Wait, so depends. That, would that be under the same agent company or would it be different? Can it be different ones? No, it can be different. So you can have two different agents it's from two different Two different companies. Okay. Um, so with America, I know the biggest kind of like agencies is WME. Um, you've got um, um, Untitled Oh, and there's a couple more Which I can't remember off the top of my head Which is very, very silly But those are the big, big names that come to my head um, And a lot of like Your big actors Are signed to them mm-hmm. um, With the UK Your big kind of agencies are United Agents um, You've got Troika You have um, Curtis Brown you have ooh, 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 ooh. you have quite a few um, off the top of my head. I can't mm. remember them, but you have quite a few. Um, how to get an agent? Right. Now, that's a question that a lot of people ask. And a lot of people are kind of like, I'm, I'm really into acting, but I don't know how to get an agent. I would say start looking at smaller boutique agencies. With your big agencies, and this is nothing against the big agencies, they have big names mm. on their books and they have a lot of people on their books. A lot of the time, you know, if a big <clears throat> agency contacts you, yeah, there's excitement there. If they're the only agency that contacts you, sign up with them. However, if you're getting multiple agencies contacting you and they are smaller boutique agencies, Look at, I would say the number one 101 thing to do is look at their books and look at the type of people that they have on their books. Yeah, definitely where are your options, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Do I, and then obviously when you go to meet these agents, you know, they, they, 
they're obviously selling a good talk mm -hmm. but at the same time you have to look at the fact how is this person going to benefit my career yeah are they going to make my career something mm -hmm. and how long do i see myself being with this potential um agency right. before then moving on mm. a lot of the time a you can see with a lot of kind of like actors that are making it some of them started with smaller boutique agencies. Like, for example, okay, another agency that I forgot to mention is um, IAG, mm -hmm. which is um, part of, is Identity. So Identity started off as a drama school and then um, Femi then created an agency part of that who look after John Boyega, um, Letitia Wright. So they've got quite a few names on their books as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, and with IAG... Again, started off as a small kind of thing and they've got big clients on their list, yeah. you know, and they're nurturing big clients, you know what I mean? So I think it's important to don't get spun by the idea an agent from a big, you know, big agency has contacted you. Yeah, it's a great opportunity, but can they help, you know, nurture your career? Mm -hmm. um, and you look at their books, have they got a hundred and millions of people on their books to the point where they, I would then be the back burner. Yeah. Are they going to look after me? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Is there somebody on their books that looks similar to me? Are we going to be in competition? Those are the things to kind of weigh out. Um, at the same time, when it comes to looking for these boutique agencies, Google is your friend. Google. If you have access to a contacts book, which is literally a book full of everything arts, theatre, production company related... Now, usually, where can you find those kind of contact books? So the contact books, you can actually buy one. Okay. Um, it's made by Spotlight. Okay. So it's, I think, yeah, it's Spotlight. So Spotlight makes this book every year. So every year they, they release a new one. And it has all the information of casting directors, talent management agencies. So literally just go through the book, look at them, look at their website, do research and, you know, contact them. If you have a show coming up, you know, if you have something in a theatre, contact them and say, I've got this show happening, you know, would be great to get somebody um, to come along to my show to kind of see what I kind of do. Mm -hmm. Yes, a lot of the time with the big, bigger agencies, you know, sending those kind of things is difficult because you don't hear a response. Yeah. If you have access to their email address, so that, that said agent, mm -hmm. send them an email. If not, send the email to the assistant. Mm -hmm. The is assistant is also your way in. Yeah. So, you know, kind of dropping an email to the assistant, seeing that, or maybe the assistant can come to your show rather than the agent. Yeah. Because the relationship with the, with the assistant and the agent is pretty much the same. They kind of literally help them with their books. Yeah. Um. So it's important to do that. Um. So that's what I would say in regards to talent management and trying to get an agent, mm -hmm. you know, do your research start small it's okay to start small because they can still those agencies those small boutique agencies can still get you work right, right you know yeah. everybody's been put up for the same jobs at this at the end of the day it's just how much your agent cares for you that they will talk the talk for you that's what they have to do so they have to talk the talk you then have to walk the walk mm -hmm. you know you have to show and prove that you know what your agent is saying about you to a producer to a director to a casting director is all true you have the talent you're amazing you've got the look great let's see you go on tape yeah which leads on to casting directors mm. so there are a lot of casting directors um i actually listed them um and it's funny because all of them in the world no not all of them <laughs> in the world right. so mainly the uk ones a lot of them have worked on 
big projects. Mm. Um, and again, it's good to, if you have the opportunity, research casting directors. Again, casting assistants and casting associates are your way in to getting potentially yourself tape in or a CV or anything. If you have a performance, invite them. Mm. It's your best bet. Um, so that's your kind of way of getting in through the door with the casting directors. They're the ones that put together the cast for a project, for a film, for a TV show, for a theater, for a theater show. They do that. Yeah. So I would kind of say you're when looking at casting directors again, I think I've said for the umpteenth time, do your research. Um, if you want to self tape now, so self tape is a business in itself. Um, no one likes a bad self tape. So when you are, when you do get an opportunity to meet with a casting director, or if you don't have time, normally they'll ask you to self tape. Your self tape needs to be of good quality. Do not send a shit self tape because they will not look at it. For example, don't record it on your iPhone, maybe. No, you can record it with this. How would this, the iPhone is nowadays is better quality. Yeah. Back in the day, maybe not so much, mm -hmm. but make sure you have, you know, the beginning you slate, you, you do your slate. So mm -hmm. you say your name, the character you're playing, the project, and whether there's initial, they, some of them might ask for height requirements or mm. whatever, whatever. If you need to then put that in your slate, make sure you say those kind of things before you start. Yeah. If you need somebody to read for you, make sure that person reads for you, but they don't have to be on camera. Yeah. They can read in the background make sure that, you know, you have somebody to help you press stop and start. If you even have time, edit it. Mm -hmm. It makes the job a lot easier and clearer and it just makes the self-tape look a lot crispier to then pass on to the casting director. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. They're just looking at it. Do you know what I mean? But it just makes it look like you've made the effort Definitely. with the self-tape, if that makes sense. Definitely. So that's rule 101 plus 101 when it comes to self-tape. Mm -hmm. When it comes to casting directors, I'll name a few for people in case they want to kind of research. You have Julia Horan. Amy Ball, who is the casting director for The Royal Court, um, Gail Stevens, Lucy Bevan, Nikki Bly, Nina Gold, and Robert Sturm, who are responsible for the casting Game of Thrones. So they Amazing. do a lot of big kind of they they Nina Gold is known as one of the best and biggest casting directors come to come out of U the UK. Wow. Um you have Pippa Alien. Alion, sorry. You have Hubbard casting, which is Dan and Amy. You have Shaheen Baig. Um, Shaheen Baig casts... Oh, God, no. What did she cast recently? I watched it. It was a comedy called Movan. Mo... It was on BBC Three, but she casted that. Um, and she does um, Peaky Blinders. She cast okay. Peaky Blinders. There right. we go. Um, you have VHJ. I don't know if they're VHJ anymore, but you have VHJ. You have um, Elaine Granger. She does a lot of films. Um, you also have Lucinda Sison, who also does a lot of films. You've got Debbie McWilliams, who's responsible for a lot of casting for the James Bond films. Um, you have Judy Harkin. You've got Andy Pryor. You've got Jill Trevelick. Um, again, I've put Lucy Bevan twice. And you've got Kate Rose James. So the list is endless. Mm. So you, you know, again get yourself a contact book if you want to know who the casting directors are their details are in there if anything find a way where you can research who the, the casting assistants are um and if you that's if you're trying to do it on your own right right you know there's no harm in 
reaching out to them. You know, everyone likes somebody who's proactive. Yeah. You know what I mean? But make sure you reach out to them if you have a show happening or, you know, that you know that they're casting a particular project and you you fit a particular role. Do that. You know, that is always beneficial. If that's your way of getting your foot in the door, you know, a lot of the time you might not be right for that project. But if another project comes up that you fit that role, they might think of you and they might ask you to self-tape. They might ask you to come in and do a meeting. You know, it's all in good kind of like don't think that anything you're doing is not going to work out. It doesn't work out the first time, so it'll never work out. That isn't always the case. You know, somebody's always thinking that, okay, we had something, that person in mind will think of them for a next project. That's how it works. That's yeah. how the industry kind of tends to work. Yeah, um, So I think it's always, and another key point that I would say is always good to find out who cast and directors are, who directors and producers are, is if you're watching films, if you're watching TV shows, if you're going to the theatre, look at the credits yeah it's worth looking at the credits it's worth like if you're watching a piece of drama and you think oh my god that was freaking awesome who casted that wait look at who the who the casting director is and also look at who the casting associate is because their name always comes up as well mm. which people don't realize because the casting director a casting associate works under the casting director and a lot of the time they might have a bit more time yeah to be able to kind of contact you or come back to you about certain things so it's always worth looking at credits of stuff and doing your research like for example if you are going to read for something and the director's name is familiar or the writer's name or the producer's name is familiar research on the kind of work watch their previous projects okay don't get influenced in, influenced into kind of mimicking potentially what another actor's done but it's always good to have knowledge of their work yeah so you know the kind of work that they've done some people might say actually that's not a good idea it, it's all down to preference but it's also it's always good to know who you're going to meet rather than going blindsided mm. um and finally drama schools now this is an interesting one because you've got your accredited drama schools so you've got your rather you've got your central school of speech and drama you've got you've got lambda you've got mount view you've got italia conte um and you've got just a lot those mm -hmm. are your accredited drama schools and then you've got your drama schools that you know like iag you've got kingdom and you've got quite a few others um anashir i don't think anashir exists anymore um but you've got quite a few kind of like odd kind of like drama clubs trauma schools that kind of exist mm -hmm. um i would say if they are offering you the skills to be a better performer to help in crafting your for uh, your crafting your skill mm -hmm. then by all means go for it whether if you want to if you feel like you want to go to an accredited drum school like rada or a lambda or your central school by all means apply again it's competitive it costs a lot mm -hmm. but then if you have the alternative options then do that let's look and there's also national national youth theater is also a good one um to go to as well a lot of people think that you have to go to drum school. Some people do. Some people chose to do that. Some people haven't. You've got big stars who didn't go to drama school. John Boyega. I don't think Daniel Kalua went. Kalua. Kalua. Sorry, I keep on saying his name wrong. I don't. I think. I think he went to National National Youth Theatre. I right. think that's what he did. Um, but again, 
it's just down to the fact don't feel if you do feel like you applied for an accredited drum school and you didn't get in don't feel deterred there's other options and alternatives to making sure you get that that kind of to get training look at iag you know identity look at kingdom look at theater companies that have like uh, a section where you can you know train and then put on a performance Talawa, perfect example Talawa is a perfect example hackney showroom again perfect example some of them are you know do have an age limit however there's some places that don't um, i know that when i did my trainee producing program at the tricycle theater you know they were doing a festival and it opened up um a theater company six theater companies one of them being for all ages so stuff like that apply for things like that research for things like that because that allows you to build your skills and um, when it comes it allows you to be able to train and then to work with other people and again at the end of it most of the time you get to perform and that's the space where you can invite agents you can invite casting directors to come along to kind of see what you guys have been doing um or what you've been up to and to see kind of like you know, yeah, you send them a CV, but let them see you in action. So I think that's important to kind of look at as well. Um, just to round up on everything, you know, there's no straight road mm. yeah. into becoming a well-known and professional actor. There's no particular way. There's no particular road, you know, that if you do this, this and this, you'll definitely get there. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's journey is very, very different. But, you know, at the same time, if you feel like, oh, this has worked for me and I'm going to do it that way, by all means, do it that way. I think what the information that I'm trying to give and the information that I'm trying to share is just from my experience of working, you know, within talent management and coming, you know, coming in contact with to, with casting directors and you know and also myself going to drama school so I've been there and I've done that a little bit and those kind of skills I feel like I've passed on to potentially people within my circle that you know have wanted to get into acting and have found it very very beneficial and just one more thing before we wrap up social media is your friend it sure is in a very interesting way mm -hmm. a lot of people are putting on projects that need actors, yeah. you know, and a lot of them advertise it on social media. Um, I did, um, I don't think I'd advertised the last project that I did on social media, but the next one I will be doing, I will be advertising on social media mm. for actors and to get them to audition. That's your way in, you know, production companies, smaller production companies starting out or people that are doing like, um, you know, smaller theatre shows, like fringe shows, they're looking for actors and most of the time they look for, they go to social media to find somebody to come and audition and to kind of do the thing. Some of them are paid, some of them are not paid, but it's just an opportunity to add onto your CV and potentially, you know, a film to add on to your showreel. Yeah. It's all beneficial in the long run. So I would de definitely say, look out for social media, look out for, you know, um, ads on social media twitter instagram facebook join facebook pages just make sure they're legit facebook pages join facebook pages where you know it's actors seeking actors or, or actors seeking work stuff like that i don't know if they exist but i'm sure some legitimate you know kind of like facebook pages do exist go on there that's your starting point if you want 
join star now if you're trying to do a little bit of stuff if you're trying to get into it um i'm not sure about mandy but star now is quite good if you want to kind of just do a bit of extra work join universal extras there's just so many kind of ways of doing things you know and stuff like that but at the same time just get yourself out there get yourself just working you know i know sometimes you don't want to do free projects but if you're doing it for the passion and the love you have for your talent you know this is a temporary basis Mm. you know who knows what your life might may be like in the next year you could be making millions or you can make thousands, or you can be just be working in theater you could be on the national theater stage you know doing some amazing stuff mm. you know so by all means you know go for it you know if it's your aspiration if you want to get into acting you know go for it if you have any questions definitely dm me um message us on social media i'll be happy to answer anybody's questions with Mm. the little the knowledge that i have um and i'll try and see if i can be of help um but yeah just i just felt like i needed to kind of like you know we talk about everything else but i haven't really talked about the the insides and the background of everything yeah Definitely. Of stuff like that, and Stephen had barely any words. But, I do, have, you know. I do have something to say now because kind of, just kind of in the thing because I was obviously when you were talking, I was thinking about all these things. Um, you know, we'll kind of talk about Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya mm-hmm. a lot this episode, so I want to talk about him a bit more because I was watching something uh, a few weeks ago about him and his story and how he got to where he is now and mm. things like that. This is kind of before the Oscar nomination, but um, you know, he talked about how he got the role for Get Out. And, um, you know, it was, the reason he got the role was from the, from Black Mirror. So Jordan Peele saw, Jordan Peele saw, uh, I was gonna say (laughs) Keegan-Michael Keegan, no, it's Jordan Peele Peele. saw um, Black Mirror um, on Netflix this time around. Cause I think the Black Mirror that he, when he first was in Black Mirror, it was on Channel Channel 4. So that that episode was on Channel 4 and then obviously Netflix bought it out, bought the rights to it and got Netflix and that's when the second wave of people kind of got into into Black Mirror. So Jordan Jordan Peele saw Black Mirror and he liked um, Daniel Kaluuya. So obviously, um, I think, I think, don't know how what happened there, but I think one approached the other. I think Jordan Peele approached Daniel Kaluuya for for Kaluuya for Get Out and obviously sent Daniel Kaluuya the script and Daniel Kaluuya loved the script and he was like, oh, this is amazing. And, and that's what tends to happen. Yeah. You know, sometimes a director or a producer can see your previous work mm-hmm. and think, oh my God, I've got a role for that person. I think that person would be great. Exactly. They send you the script. They Sometimes they may ask you to self-tape. They may ask you to tell, mm-hmm. tape just to kind of get a feel of you yeah. reading the lines. Sometimes they're just like, I like you. Yeah. I know you're going to do a great, a sterling job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, it works in so many different ways. Sometimes, you know, a lot of times people are like, I want to be so famous that I don't have to self-tape or I don't have to tape or I don't have to audition. Mm. Yeah, that's true. We all like to be there. We all like to be a Eddie Redmayne or we, you know, a, a Daniel or a Denzel. Do you know what I mean? We all like to be there, you know, one day. Yeah. Um, but you've got to start somewhere. They all started somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, you know, they had to be in these rooms. They had to, you know, audition, do auditions after auditions after auditions. Yeah. And, and even there was with, a, um, sorry, and even with, then Kaluuya, even for his Black Panther role, with Ryan Coogler, apparently he hadn't seen, I'm, I'm sure he saw Get Out, but he saw, he liked Daniel Kaluuya for a short film he'd done, um, I think 2011 or so. So he, Ryan Coogler saw a film from Daniel Kaluuya, a short film from Daniel Kaluuya years ago, 
And he's like, oh, I like this guy. I need to get him in Black Panther. And there it is. And it just, all I just want to say, it just takes one moment, takes one film. Absolutely. And, you know, it could propel you to exactly. next level. And don't write off short films. Short yeah, films, like, don't. they're doing things. It's yeah. just, you know, with short films, it's, it's a different creativity that goes behind short yeah. films. You know, it's somebody who has written something and you've got a director who's equally passionate about this project mm. that, you know, they're putting all their effort yeah. to make it, to make it get made, mm. you know? So, you know, there are a lot of bigger, bigger directors that look at short films and think, wow, that act is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? And they can cast off, like you said, cast people off of that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So guys do not write off short films, you know, it's definitely a good stepping stone to, to, to someone's career. Yeah. And, For you know, sure. short films are usually uh, kind of shown in festivals, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, you never, know, you never know who's going to be in these festivals and you know, it, could, it could propel yeah. you to the next level. Absolutely. So, For sure. Yeah, that's that was all I wanted to say about that. Yeah, man. That was a good conversation, even though I spoke most about it. <laughs> yeah. But I can't wait to, for people to hear it, for sure. Um, moving on to our sound waves. Yeah, let's Just do Just quickly. Mm. Um, why don't you go first, actually? Do you have uh, a sound wave? I do yeah um so in terms of music you know there's been kind of a few releases obviously drake released a kind of ep um which was cool which is which is dope uh, he had a song on there called god's plan it's very catchy and then he also had another song called diplomatic immunity is it immunity diplomatic that was so hard to read i couldn't read from all the font that it was on yeah it was that the, the cover was weird it was just it was interesting i was like how am i meant to know what this is yeah. but yeah but uh, yeah, so Drake released that two two song EP, and you know people have been liking it. And, you know, you know the guys, the guys, he's he's talent is or his just his presence and you know rap skills and all this stuff is you know it's undeniable, man. The guy can just pair for a while. People kind of forget about him, and then he comes back again with something, and it's just he's been doing puppy show. <laughs> yeah, he's been doing all that stuff. So yeah, but I'm um, the, the kind of uh, artist I want to talk about is. Um, it's from an artist called Sir. So um, I'm kind of going to read because I kind of writ this out, but hopefully I'll try not to make it seem like I'm reading. But um, he released a project called November. Um, I think last, I think on Friday, the past Friday, he released a, uh, an EP called November. And it arrives, I think, exactly one year after TDE signed him. So he's been signed to TDE oh, officially. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah, so, you know, obviously with the TDE... The, the head count in TD is just crazy. You've got Kendrick, Scissor, um, Schoolboy, Schoolboy Q, Jay Rock, Osiris Shard, um, and so on and so forth. But yeah, you know, it doesn't seem, you know, with with the people and the plethora of artists, that's a weird word mm. to say, <laughs> plethora of artists on, on TDE, you know, it, it's, you don't get, it's not your conventional artists you get on TDE. It's mm. always something different something eclectic and you know sir is definitely one of those people that fits right in there and um you know he's a 30 year old 31 year old singer r&b singer and um he's from inglewood and um you know he's created an r&b album that isn't just r&b so mm. you know it's got a very very different sound so it's kind of like atmospheric um jazzy kind of with like a neo soul silkiness to it it's it's very different and it's got this amazing interlude throughout the whole throughout the whole album of this kind of I guess you could say artificial intelligent voice kind of just directing him I guess through space to some extent 
Um, that's what I picked up from it. But um, it's definitely a good album. It's it's not your typical R&B album that's got like, you know, it's all about love, but it has elements of love to it. And just the story of him, you know, just with a woman or potentially multiple women, but who knows? <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll definitely give the album a four out of five and I really wow, enjoyed it. So great. yeah, that's, that's, that's from CERN. Uh, project song is called, uh, the album's called November. But yeah, that's one album from like my sound waves cool. yeah what's been going on with you you went to go to a theater show didn't you i sure did um like i mentioned at the top of the show i went to go see so many reasons at the camden people's theater um it's a fuel and camden people's theater um joint production and it's by rachel Ufwari. hopefully i didn't butcher her name i don't think um, you did. oh yeah i think i did well yes <laughs> So I went to go see that. Um, it's written and performed by Rachel. Um, and it was a pleasant, it was it, it was very joyous mm. to watch. And especially being my first piece of theatre um, to watch in 2018. So I very, very much enjoyed um, the performance. It's part of the Calm Down Dear um, Festival, which is a free week festival um, of um, innovative feminist performance. Um, the festival runs from the 15th of Jan to the 4th of Feb. So I think that I believe they probably have a week or so to go wow. um, to go on the festival. So many reasons is a story about a unique influence our mothers have on how we understand the world from the perspective of a first generation British Ghanaian woman mm -hmm. exploring cultural and generational shift religion and sexuality this bold new show asks what happens when we realize mums don't know don't always know best Interesting. and to be honest with you that blurb right there literally says it all um i just quickly kind of just go through my review of kind of the show um and we are lucky enough to be having rachel on our podcast in the next couple of weeks so it'll be great to kind of sit down with her and talk and dissect and kind of like piece out you know why she wrote you know only only i keep thinking only so many reasons it's so many reasons sorry mm. um and it's directed by zoe Lafferty, Laffertery. I'm so sorry I butchered your name. It's what I do best. Um, so you kind of walk in. It's um, it's just one performer. So it's just Rachel performing, mm. and it's kind of like an open dialogue. So it's not a dialogue. It's an open monologue to just pieces of the character's life, which is Melissa. So it's it's about Melissa. She is from a single mum um, home. Um, she has an older sister and she kind of looks up to her sister. So she tells bits, stories of her life. Right. And then she kind of morphs into certain characters as well. I see. Um, which was also equally enjoyable. Um, I wrote down a couple of my favourite characters. I wouldn't give too much away because I would like people to go and see the show. Mm -hmm. um, one of kind of like the, one of my most exciting kind of like um, characters was... Um, Michael, mum, the mum who is also very relatable, having grown up also myself, first British generation Nigerian, to see a mum kind of similar, saying similar things. I honestly think African mums all say the same thing. I think they've got like a WhatsApp group. They really they do have, have a WhatsApp phrases, group. They just, chuck they just literally like, I used this one today. 
Oh yeah, send. Go and use it, everybody. <laughs> Literally, that's what it's like. I honestly feel that's what like they all have like the same kind of like prophecies, the same kind of sayings and stuff like that. Mm. And they all use it because the mum was so relatable on so many things she would say. Um um to this character Melissa. And it's quite interesting as well that um to be able to kind of go and watch a show like that and come out because a lot of times you go to a show and you say, Oh, I don't relate to that. Yeah. I didn't quite I didn't quite get it. I I've never experienced that. And how I found for me, how I enjoy theatre is I'm able to take a piece of that piece of that performance or of that play and think, I get it. Mm. That's happened to me at some point. But even though I don't ever get that, sometimes I might not get that experience. But at least it's hit a nerve for me to be able to say, wow, I didn't know people experienced that. And now I do. I want to know more, if that makes sense. Um, with so many reasons, I think just being able to see so many characters that are relatable, mm -hmm. it it was, it found a kind of like, it was more of a special moment for me. Right, right. Um, more than anything. Um, there's a particular story that I thought, oh my God, every woman, no matter what color you are, black, white, Asian, um, ethnic minority, mixed race, everything has gone through it. And she tells the story of the, um, her first Brazilian wax. Interesting. Oh it's gosh. so detailed and so relatable. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, and just kind of like, and this is another thing as well that I, I, I definitely want to kind of big, big up Rachel on. It's so eloquently written. Wow. And just beautifully written. And the storytelling is freaking amazing. Like the way she tells the stories is like you were there. And sometimes, and it's just her, just one person performing. Mm -hmm. And she's telling the story to, in a sense that it's either you're watching it on the TV happening or you're actually in the room sitting in the corner while that's taking place. Um, and she says a pivotal thing that that is kind of like, everyone kind of did a nod, kind of mm, like a clicking moment, like, yes. Like sex is seen as currency. Mm. And she says that sex is seen as sex is currency, and at the moment she's broke. So I was just like, "Raw, that's deep, you know." <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. It's like, yeah, we all know sex is kind of like a pivotal thing in mm. society. Do you get what I'm saying? But I've never equated it to it being currency. And sometimes the way you look, the way you feel, your sexuality sometimes you can feel broke do you get what i'm saying yeah that you've run out of currency and you know there's a time stamp on your sexuality or there's a time stamp on the moment where you feel sexy and you feel good mm. do you get what i'm saying um overall because i don't want to give too much away and i want people to go and see the show um i would probably give it um four stars four four stars right it's definitely it's definitely one to watch. I think um, it started off slow, then gradually it got better. And just to point out, there's a moment of, she also touches on religion and spirituality and the fact that, you know, saving herself for marriage and not being able to go through with that. And it, it kind of just, you know, the fact that she, you know, had sex before she was married and then it unleashed, um, 
it unleashed a moment where she wanted to explore her sexuality. Right. So she would sleep with various people, which is, there's nothing wrong with, but she had this, she was fighting this demon of, I grew up in the church. I'm a Christian. I was saving myself. And she was fighting this battle of, you know, believing, you know, believing this certain way and growing mm. up this certain way and made to believe this certain way because that's what you're supposed to do. That's what her mother taught her. Yeah. And then realizing, getting to an age where you're just like, this is all fucking bullshit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I got it because I had that moment. Do you get mm. what I'm saying? Again, this is a piece that's so relatable. So I can't wait to have Rachel on the show. But guys, definitely go and see it. It's, um, I believe it's at the Camden People's Theatre until the 3rd of Feb. Um, so that that is, I think that's in King's Cross. So the closest station is Warren Street. So guys, make sure you get your tickets. I think tickets start from 12.50. I'm correct. I hope I'm correct. I think tickets start from 12.50. I'm not too sure, but check the website. Check um, Camden People's Theatre. And it's also going on tour around the UK. So it's then going on to um, Theatre Royal Bath. Then on to the Albany um, on the 7th of Feb. So if you want to see it back in London again, if you missed the first round at Camden People's Theatre, you can see it at the Albany on the 7th of Feb. It's then going on to Wolverhampton and then going to Edge Hill University um, and then coming back to Newcastle, coming to Newcastle and then finishing at the Oval House in London, which is playing from the 6th to the 10th of March. So make sure you guys go in to get your ticket. And I definitely cannot wait to have Rachel on the show to talk about it. Great stuff. So, yeah. Great stuff. Apart from that, I have one more, which is a TV show um, that I've been watching. It's called Curie. Okay. Have you heard of it? No. It's no. a four-part drama on Channel 4. Um, it's about it's a drama dealing with the abduction and the murder of a young black girl soon to be adopted by her white foster family wow and the trials of lies blame guilt and notoriety which follows um it is the cast is sarah lancaster lancashire lancashire sorry lancashire um lucian Matsmati. yes thank you Matsmati. um Papa Idiosu? Isiedu. Isiedu. I should know this. It's Ghanaian. Um, <laughs> Wumi Masaku. Mm, yeah. um, Finn Bennett, Stephen McIntosh and Leah Williams. And it's written by Jack Thorne. Those who know Jack Thorne actually wrote the last of the Harry Potter, the, the play adaption of the last Harry Potter. The one Curse, that was on. Cursed Child? yes okay he wrote the play the adapted play for that one um and one episode is written by rachel delahey and it's directed by eros lynn um episode one and two is out i think episode three comes out today or tomorrow when the episode drops um it's so interesting um it's kind of just like Oh, it's just so interesting. So, <laughs> you can use another word that's a little interesting. It's gripping. There it's definitely go. gripping. Okay, it good. will have you sitting at your TV screen thinking, I never thought of this. Mm. And it's it's great to see kind of the adoption system slash fostering system when it comes to, you know, uh, a black child being adopted into a foster, a white foster family and vice versa, if that makes sense. Right, yeah. And if that system would work 
Mm-hmm. Now, in the grand scheme of things in your head, you'd naturally think a child just needs a family, yeah. you know, but there's this kind of explores the nuances. And the first episode is the little girl who asks about being black and, you know, talking about, oh, well, my white foster family wouldn't understand that because they don't understand what I go through as a black person, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. So those kind of things. Um, so I would definitely... I would definitely recommend it. Guys, right. go and watch it. I think it's on 4, 4OD, 4OD, um, Channel 4. Maybe you should sponsor us once in a while because we're giving you a plug. Look for um, sponsors. Look for sponsors. However, there was a questionable part because <laughs> the black family uh-huh. is Nigerian. Right. And you're about to be spe- specific. Right. There was a moment where they were uttering your other words, <laughs> but it was a bit questionable. It took me aback because I was like, what? Now, I understand Yoruba very well. Mm-hmm. Yoruba has a nuance and a flow. Do you understand right. what I mean? Yeah. There's a there's a way of saying it. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I just feel like they didn't get the way of saying <laughs> okay. it really well down right. to a T. So it's like I had to rewind a couple of times to see what they were trying to say because there was no subtitles. I was like, what? Oh, I see. I see. Ah, what? And I was right. like, oh, that's what he's saying. But you can live. It's not It's not like the be all and end all mm-hmm. of, you know, the show. It's still a good show. But yeah. Okay. Don't but start. on that note, let's wrap it up with our sound wave of the week, our track of the week. What have you got for us, Stephen? Um, I'm going to keep it on theme and I'm going to, it's got a track from Sir and the song is called Dreaming of Me. This song is amazing. You know, I was I was I was listening to it today and I was just like, wow, the lyrics are really, really deep. And I just wanna maybe take a just a bit of a insert from it or just insert something in it. But like he says in one in, in part of the song, he says, um uh where is it now? So I'm just going back to the lyrics. Everything is better when I'm by your side. Um, oh yeah, smooth words. <laughs> um I mean the world I, I mean the world is amazing. All I really want to do is make my way back to you but the way he sings is is, is is amazing so definitely check out that song and i'm sure you were probably listening to it a second ago yeah my track sound wave of the week is an oldie but still very much a goodie um it's frank ocean novocaine Yes, I don't think I listen to much, but um, sometimes I go back on, go back and listen to Nostalgia Ultra, and Novocaine is one of my favorite tracks. Um, it's just Frank Ocean has just got this carefree spirit that I just 
can't get enough of and his music still resonates with me even as old as it is sometimes some of his mixtapes his albums mm. i still go back and listen to some tracks and kind of still feel the same way as i felt the first time listening to it so novocaine is definitely my track of the week dope, dope. so yeah so yeah we're gonna close it out um yeah we're gonna close it out. i wanted to say as well actually you mind me who you might you remind me of tiffany haddish you know why because there was recently Tiffany Haddish was part of the people announcing the Oscar nominations. God, what did she do? And she was butchering everyone's name. <laughs> I live yeah. for it. So I'm going to start. Oh. I'm going to start. Yeah, gonna do, gonna Tiffany, do a, we friends. Do Tiffany Haddish. Hit me up on Instagram, on Twitter. <laughs> we can go out together, do some things together. It'll okay, be hella stop fun. this awful American accent. Shut up. Let's keep it moving. But, we can um, butcher names together, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, where can they find us, Jules? Um, so you can find us, like I said, on Twitter, Instagram. Twitter, we are Artistic SOM. Make sure, interact with us. We do definitely kind of respond to messages, either myself or Stephen. We'd love a little banter here and there. So it's always good to hear you guys saying you love the podcast and stuff like that, or question us about some questionable names we might say from Mm. time to term. Um, You can also find us on Instagram. So when we do go out to concerts or theatre shows, we post on our Instagram. Our Instagram is artistic, S-O-M pod. Um, I posted yesterday how I've how I've forgotten. Our Facebook page is also artistic so artistic state, state of, of mind. mind. Yeah. You can find us on there as well. So make sure you guys follow us. Um, my personal social is Jules Montana eighty eight. I tweet from time to time. Um, I also will be. Um, oh god and oh yes um, my production company twitter is also is purple night call so that's purple night col um i will be announcing or posting a casting ad for my project um very very soon so be on the lookout for that i'm looking for a couple of people and also some creatives to work on the project as well so as well so i'll be um posting that very very soon yeah um so yeah that's that's our socials it's been fun episode eight and that yeah, it's been great. How long are we going to keep going? Who knows? Till kingdom come, bitch. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. <laughs> but yeah, it's been fun, guys. Have a lovely rest of the week. And peace.